What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Pohada Podcast. As usual, I am Matt Browse of Pohada Photography. This is a show where I sit down and have real conversations with BJJ athletes, very often black belts, as well as people who pursue other gritty pursuits. Before we get into things, I would really appreciate it if you could rate the show wherever you're listening to it, share it with a friend, all that usual social media stuff, including checking out at the Pohada Podcast on Instagram, as well as at Pohada Photography on Instagram. And the episode we're about to get into here actually has been available on the new Pohada Podcast YouTube account. Give that a Google, it should come right up. It's with my friend, Teddy Kim giving us the full rundown on his reasons for developing the still-developing platform GLDMDL.com. That's gold metal without the vowels.com. The short version is, it's a platform for you and I to connect to and help contribute to the competitive endeavors of our friends and BJJ athletes that we're fans of. Without further ado, my friend Teddy Kim. I miss having a dog. Yeah, they're good stuff. Much as they are occasionally a pain in the butt, like this, look. <laughs> there he goes. I bet we can see that on camera. <laughs> Come on. Get, get out of here. Uh. Opie. Opie, go lay down. Go on, go lay down. You Don't talk back to me, boy. You get it. <laughs> All right, Teddy. GLDMDL.com. Yes. Tell me what that means. Tell me what that is. Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> uh, give me, tell you what, give me broad strokes, like functional details someone might sure. need to know in an elevator pitch fashion, then jump to the beginning and tell me the what and the why. Yeah, um, well, <clears throat> it it's really meant as a platform that is enables specifically within the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that enables fans and athletes to become closer, um, to facilitate a, a less sort of opaque uh, interaction between fans and athletes. Um, I think one of the things that has I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say troubled, but w some of the trends that I see happening in jujitsu are, I feel like it's becoming colder and more intimate, and uh, it's becoming really hard to to be a fan. Colder and more intimate? Uh, less intimate, okay. yeah. Sorry. Figured that's what you meant, just wanted to be yeah. sure. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of it is driven by technology. Like, the way, the way that jujitsu is now... Uh, to uh, just to break it down to one specific dimension or frame, if you think about the predominant jujitsu content out there, mm -hmm. um, much of it is clickbait, and the two flavors that you see most will be things like, you know, jujitsu blue belt, you know, dominates aikido master. Mm -hmm. So that's one flavor. And then the other flavor will be, you know, Gordon's latest beef with whoever. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, a, that's, that's different. That's really different than it was when I started in the sport. And it's, it, I think it's kind of, kind of unfortunate. So 
one of the goals with the platform was uh, to have have a a way to cultivate a healthier jujitsu fandom. Um, and with that, uh, and this is where it kind of goes back in into time a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I took away from the pandemic and a bunch of other things that happened in my life around there was I just came to the realization that I don't want to live in a world where jujitsu people can't make a living at jujitsu. Um, <laughs> I know what that's what that world is like. And, you know, I think that we, we can all collectively do better. Um, mm. so, uh, there's, there is an aspect of, of the application, which is, uh, uh, allows sp- what I think of as a micro sponsorship. And the idea of a micro sponsorship is it's an insignificant dollar amount, but at scale, it could really help an athlete's uh, 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 to, to bankroll things like registration, travel, lodging, insurance, all of the things that make it so hard to compete uh, compete now. Um, and that that's actually another thing. I'm, I'm kind of jumping around, but one of the things that made me start thinking about this was actually years and years ago when the the point system started with IBJJF and one of the one of the for black belts one of the consequences of that is um if you if you want to compete seriously then that kind of means that you have to travel because you need to go to all the opens right and it it didn't used to be like that so the, the sport has become not more professional in the sense that they're that's something that you could sustain a, a livelihood at it's become more professional in the sense that it's more expensive and, sure. and and it's it's definitely more transactional which i i actually don't have a problem with and i think the ibjjf plays an incredibly important role in the sport that being said one of the things that makes a sport grow and be healthy is is competition and the ability to to have uh, to have a, a healthy competition scene. So, when I started, I actually started at the first academy I went to was um, the Minnesota Martial Arts Academy when it was still in Brooklyn Center, I believe. And it was very difficult to compete around here. There was uh, they had uh, uh, the the academy had. Uh, a tournament called Submission Hunt, mm-hmm. um, and, and that was very consistent. I think twice a year, but short of that, there there really weren't that many local tournaments. Um, after being at Minnesota Martial Arts, I, I was only able to train there for a month, and then my job moved me to California, and I was living in Southern California, and I realized, oh, it's jujitsu is really different here. If you wanted to, you could compete every every week. Was because there were more academies. They had a, a much healthier sort of competition, competition scene. <clears throat> uh, but you know that that <laughs> it, even back then it was. I, I would go to to the worlds, for instance. Uh, they they used. I think they still have the worlds in places like in Walter Pyramid, in Long Beach. Um, and I would I would go to these huge competitions like the worlds and pans and. You know, for all practical purposes, I would say most of the people there were from Southern California. 
um, just because it's so, it, it would be so accessible yeah, to them. Yeah. It's close by. They don't have to travel. They don't have to yeah. miss more days of work, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But it's not like kids from favelas who are competing in those tournaments. It's people who, who have the means to, to compete at, you know, frequently at that level. So, um, I, I was thinking earlier this week, but I, I don't watch a, a lot of a lot of jujitsu right now. I'm watching a lot of Muay Thai. It's just something that that sort of interests me. And Muay Thai is incredibly exciting to watch. I think that the reason why it's not a more popular sport and in, 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 in the level of participation is so much lower than jujitsu. And I think that the reason for that is because uh, there's no competitions, very few competitions, definitely at the scale of some, even like the Fuji competitions. I've never seen a Muay Thai competition to, to that level. And that kind of goes back to the role of the IBJJF or other governing bodies is the reason that they're so important is because they can ensure at scale, they have the scale to ensure big competitions. And without the insurance, the competitions don't happen. And without the competitions, the sport becomes obscure. Right. And jiu-jitsu was kind of obscure for a really long time. But the thing that has, in my opinion, has helped it grow so much isn't the personalities and like the sort of obnoxious clickbait and stuff. It's the fact that little kids can compete. Um, <clears throat> and as someone who... Well, I, I'll put it this way. I, I feel like I've learned a lot of, I've learned more important lessons in life through sport than I have in any academic setting, and particularly competition. So, um, and uh, along with that, in my, in my professional life I happen to I happen to work for uh, NBC Sports Next and so I have uh, maybe a, a slightly different uh, frame on 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 the role of sports in in, in our culture um, and as a jiu-jitsu person I want the sport to be healthy I want it to grow um, I want there to be a healthy fandom uh, I want to um Essentially, you know, there, I think a lot of it is sort of making your own party. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I started in jiu-jitsu, it, it was so wild. Actually, I, at the first time I, I, I saw Ishmael was at that month that I was at Minnesota Martial Arts Academy. And it, <laughs> it was, I was a white belt, of course, and it's... At a typical class, there might be like 70 people with 50 white belts. And the way that it worked at that academy was there was a side room with no windows, and it was like a wrestling room with with mats and everything. And at the beginning of a class, Ishmael would say, blue belts and above, come with me. And he'd lead them into the side room. And then at the end of class, we would all be, you know, messing around in the locker room and the blue belts and, and upper belts would come in from from the side room and they looked like they had been beaten like rented mules. 
<laughs> and all of us white belts would be staring at each other like, mm-hmm. what is Ishmael doing to them? <laughs> why, why are they hiding this? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was, it was, it was, it was cool. Like, you know, uh, and I, I think that would have been maybe 2009 and Ish was already a black belt and um, <clears throat> we taught a ton of classes at the academy. Um, I That's where I first met Tao, uh, although he wouldn't remember. Jaffe was there. Uh, Rocco was there. I think Rocco was a blue belt at the time. And then going going out to California and training there, there was just more of it, but it was still accessible. Like it was the kind of, it was a kind of environment where, you know, you, you might run into, you know, like Rafael Lovato it, it just at a tournament and have mm-hmm. a conversation, mm-hmm. you know. And, and now it's, I, I, I think it's great that it's so much bigger. I think that's awesome. Um, but but there's, there's still a, a regional accessibility issue in terms of the number of tournaments. For sure. Which is where the your your point about the points comes in. So if I'm trying to compete at a high level and I need to accrue points, each of those points represents a dollar figure. Right. Right. Um I sat down with the pad and paper to try and figure it all out. Um, but if you wanted to accumulate enough points to, to go to uh worlds as a black belt, you're looking at probably like two grand minimum. Like from this region of the country? Yeah. yeah just but, given you're going to have to travel to this city yeah. for a weekend, travel to that city for a weekend. Yeah, just going to lots of opens. and um, But, the, it, you know, the black belt situation is really challenging. I, I understand why, why, why it works that way. But as someone who, if you just want to compete, and that's part of like, part of your your training paradigm is 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 competition then it 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 still adds up you know if you're a blue belt and you just want to compete once a month to 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 tighten up your game that it can get really expensive and in in jiu-jitsu as you know there are different different categories of of player like there there are the people who um there are people who 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 have a who have a primarily a fitness goal totally cool there are people who you know have all, all your friends might go to your academy <laughs> you know that that would be you know part of the the academy for me is sort of the nucleus of of my of my social uh, social life and <clears throat> but then there are the people who want to compete and um, that that category of people, I think, is is uh, not very well served in the in the status quo. Yeah, because because part of their the requirement of all that is that you travel and get hotel rooms and take a day off work and all that. So if I the brass tacks of it is if I want to become a user of your platform so that I can contribute to somebody's ability to travel these things. How does that work? Well, with the platform itself, I've pivoted several times based on based on feedback. So the the way that I think about software is because it's it's my it's my job. Mm-hmm. So 
the the way that I think about it is to to test into the right solution. In other words, the in in the trade, the one of the terms used would be product market fit, finding the right fit between your market and the product. And the way that you find that is by testing and getting feedback all the time, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons, as you know, I, I'm always like sending out surveys and trying to collect feedback because um, otherwise, what's the point? You you want to you want to have have a product that that really fits a specific market. So when I first started building building the app, um, it, it was totally different. It was a just totally different experience because the thing that I thought would be most important, which was confidentiality, people didn't actually care about. Um, so I did many rounds of testing, like alpha testing, uh, with with alpha, with alpha users, and the feedback that I that I got was that sponsors. Uh, in other words, fans, you can think of a, a fan and sponsor as being uh, very tightly overlapping mm-hmm. constructs. But the, the sponsors wanted su- subscriptions, and the system was not capable of a subscription payment system. Uh, and they also, the other piece of feedback that I got was that they want content. Um, and that that didn't surprise me because the content is how uh, an athlete can uh, really build a relationship with fans. And fr- from a fan, the content is what makes you feel closer to the athlete. Um, because th- the way that the way that an athlete presents when they're writing or on video is tends to be a lot more approachable. Like some some of these people, if you catch them on game day, <laughs> you know they're not they're super intimidating. You you might not right. even necessarily want to be around them. But right, right. Yeah. So, um, all all of that being said, uh, I think that the the application is going to evolve in in ways that I can't possibly imagine. Uh, based just on the feedback that 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 I get, but the the core of it will always be to support the idea that. And uh, well, here here's one of the one of the key problems. If you're an athlete and you're trying to fundraise to to go to competition, the the default would be to try and seek out a corporate sponsor. Right. The the problem with the with that model is that the sponsor doesn't act typically a a big corporate sponsor is not going to help you with cash flow what the big corporate sponsor wants to do is they want to essentially leverage your credibility in the sport by having you wear their shit that Mm -hmm. that, that's what it is but they're not writing you checks that you can then use to pay pay delta for your plane ticket right so the the corporate sponsorship is great for athletes because it the the win win that the the sponsor gets credibility or legitimacy from the athlete and and vice versa mm. but the cash flow problem is still there so the the platform has to index very strongly on cash flow it there needs to be cash flow to the athlete uh, because it as the sport evolves, athletes, I think, are going to start to um, think of themselves more as small businesses, which in a way they are, and small businesses need cash flow. 
So um, the cash flow, the cash flow is now getting back to the subscriptions. <laughs> the the way that I originally thought thought about the system was that it would, you know, it would be. Uh, well, I'll put it this way: I didn't think that there would be any jujitsu fan who would be comfortable with having a recurring subscription, like withdrawing money from my visa and giving it to some athlete. But people want wanted it, right? Sure. So, so well, it's a subscription generation. I don't yeah. want to purchase a thing. I don't have to deal with re-upping. Just, just yeah. subscribe me to it. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of the challenges with building a system of this nature is is that I have a lot of generational bias because I'm so much older than most people. So being able to hack my own bias, and, and it, because if I were building it for myself, it would be totally different. <laughs> it wouldn't be anything like what it is. But sure. by being trying to meet meet the market's needs it's just has evolved quite a bit sure so the idea is i get on the website i create an account i follow certain athletes let's say somebody who's a coach at my gym that competes at a high level and because i enjoy the content they put up there i appreciate their the way they teach I can then also donate 20 bucks when I hear they're traveling out of town. Exactly. And, and I can also, if I wanted to, have like a monthly $5 kick. Yeah. I'll I'll give you I'll I'll try to I'll try to frame it in a way that um this is a very I I think that this is a very important distinction. Um because uh, uh, well I'll, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> as a software person uh i i'm a part of a platform called github which is essentially a, a platform where software engineers share code that i mean that's what it is but it, it's a community of practice uh, that brings together software engineers from from all over the planet because of the way software is y you frequently end up using other people's code uh, and as a as a gesture of appreciation for what this other person has contributed to your community of practice, I I, sp I sponsor quite a few software projects because I could not do my job without without using this other, these other people's code. Jiu-Jitsu is very similar to that paradigm. And by the way, that paradigm where I'm expressing appreciation for someone else in my community, that's not very transactional compared to something like, say, uh, BJJ Fanatics, which as a digital marketplace is meant to be anonymous and transactional. So th that was a paradigm that I wanted to avoid because that 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 is the predominant uh, paradigm in, in the sport right mm -hmm. now. Having an appreciation model within a, a community of, of practice uh, makes, to me, feels like a better fit for the sport. Because when it comes right down to it, we're all just biting each other's style, you right? Know, like I, uh, I yeah, couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say I. I am dabbling in X guard. Oh yeah. Exclusively because Yefim 
just sells me over and over on X guard. Yeah, yeah. So the next time, because he's doing it for real, he's he's going to be competitive. Next time he goes to compete, as an appreciation for that, I can throw him twenty bucks. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as he has an account, and and because I know him personally, I don't care if he's putting up content in in that specific example because he he forces his content yes. on me. You know, yeah. after we're done rolling, yeah. you know, and it it helps me. I'm I'm beneficial, or yeah. it's beneficial to me. So there's that like sort of transactional bit of appreciation right, right there and there. And that I think is is something that is wholly unique about jujitsu is that uh in in uh there's this concept in in uh startups speculative technology the silicon valley world there's this idea of, of like your inner circle and your inner circle will always be your strongest promoters in the world of jujitsu your academy is your inner circle they're the people who already want you to to succeed they might not even know you that well, but you're on the same team. They want you to succeed. And even though, like, the people that are, there is no one at M Theory who I would hesitate for a second to support because, and even people that I don't know that well because we're on the same team. So that goodwill is, is so incredibly valuable for athletes, but there's not really a good way for them to, to leverage the goodwill that that they that they that they have just by showing up at the gym, right. Um, and right now it's a pat on the back. Right, right. Good job, right. buddy. Yeah, well, I'll tell you when I when I when we have a team in a big competition, I. I, I'm the person who crashes the IBJJF website because I'm just refreshing, <laughs> refreshing, refreshing, because I want to see the results. Yeah, that yeah. that's that's how that's how engaged I am in my team's success, and yeah. that is you know, I I used to think that I was I was weird, but now I realize there are a lot of people like me. There are way more people like me than you know. Than I, I I possibly even even realize. Yeah. So, under understanding that dynamic, um, made it really easy for me to, to think about about this platform because. You you don't necessarily have to uh, have a a huge you know marketing apparatus. Um. You you could do. If, if now putting myself in the place place of an athlete, if all you did, like literally, if all you did was have the ability to leverage the goodwill that you have in your academy, that would be enough for most people. Right. Um, yeah. So so. Uh, now being able to being able to to execute on on that on that vision that <laughs> that's another story yeah. sure. sure that's when it just like gets kind of like into the weeds of technical shit that no one is really interested yeah, about yeah yeah and it's you know <clears throat> second third fourth layer thinking right now what are where are we at what is it and how do we use it you right. know and it'll evolve as it evolves yeah um i i like i don't know it it was really I won't say that that I 
I needed, I needed to, to start it, but, um, to start building this particular platform, but the timing is really good because, um, well, uh, I'll tell you a story. I, I knew, I knew a guy here, uh, who moved here from Phoenix to go to law school and he's a very highly, um, decorated, uh, karate competitor and when he moved to the twin cities he was completely dismayed to find that there's no competitive karate clubs in the twin cities and he was looking at the prospect of not being able to train for three years in the sport that he's dedicated his life to so what he did was he started his own karate club and he fielded a team that was meddling in pans and within a couple of years the pan karate karate pan mm -hmm. and I was talking to him about it and just remarking on how impressed I was with that. And the way that he put it was, you know, I, I'm just making my own party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pre pretty much with this app and that's my, really my general orientation towards life is I just making my own party. I dig it. Is it a t-shirt slogan or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I think just generally I've I've always been sort of um, drawn drawn to strivers and drawn to creative people and drawn to risk takers, so you know I it's easy for me to 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 put myself out there because um, partic particularly for you know the my value system is so uh supported and and reinforced through jujitsu so i i feel like uh i know i don't want to be a person who's always taking i would like to give something back if possible this is the idea of the platform uh it was a website yep gldmdl.com and you're saying app because that's nerd software lingo, or is oh. there an actual app that I can download? Uh, not not uh, not an app like from the App Store, or Play yeah, Store. But yeah, an application. Yeah, just an yeah. application yeah. platform. You go in that direction with it, you think? Uh, I I yeah. So one of the things that would, and and this this kind of goes goes back to the feeling connection what I think a logical uh, evolution of the technology would be some sort of streaming solution. It is possible to deliver streaming in a browser, but it would be much more reliable and faster in, uh, in uh, either an Android app or, or an iOS app because uh, y you could... Well, I don't want to get into the to the nerd shit, but it would it would just be a lot easier to do in an app. Sure. Yeah. So, so there's features you'd like to see in place that the lead up step would be to move oh, yeah. to an actual app, a downloadable app. For sure. So let's pretend that I don't have an account. Yep. Which I do. But I want to use your platform like a Patreon account for this podcast. Uh-huh. What's my process in setting that up? Now that 
is very interesting and it's impossible to understand without talking a little bit about the underlying technology. Okay. So one of the reasons that it's possible to, to do a, a system like this is because payment technology has, has become so uh, commoditized mm -hmm. to the point where you can get, you can process payments at almost utility scale. Um, like I built payment systems in the past 10 years ago, the payment systems were much more primitive and to build the system that, that I built would have taken, you know, years, couple of years, maybe 10, $20 million, probably mm -hmm. more. But now because of the advances in technology, y you can build, build a, a, a payment facilitation system somewhat cheaply like i say that it's cheap for me because i can do all the work myself well sure right? yeah sure. um but <clears throat> so the way that payments work is as as a as an athlete you have a stripe account a stripe as our payment provider and you would have a stripe connect account which is connected to the platform's parent account so when a payment happens on on the website what happens is you get paid out automatically in a, on about a 24-hour cycle which that kind of goes to the cash flow which yeah. is that's really 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 awesome because for for most in the past uh, for payment systems you might have to wait a week to get your payout right and that that just is is not not a great experience so so to to sign up for the website part 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 of one of the requirements is you would need to hook up your own checking account to Stripe mm -hmm. so that there will be essentially a pipe that the money can go through from yeah. Stripe to your checking account. Yeah. Um and that's really the main that's really the main requirement is I need a way to pay you out efficiently yeah. and, and and in a way that I have a very strong systematic uh, control that will allow me to not fuck up your money basically. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. It, it feels a lot like I'm signing up for effectively a Facebook account where I'm going to consume media. I'm going to provide media, but I'm also going to have it linked into, you know, Stripe to my checking account so that people should they want to, Yes. Be able to contribute to my production of said media. Exactly. And that's true if I am <clears throat> creating an instructional video and posting it on there, and then I'm going to go compete at PANS, right. and my training partners and friends and fans and followers, my subscribers, can then contribute to that. Right. Okay. And that actually... So to the the natural question if if putting myself in the place of of a tech investor what 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 a tech investor would ask would be well, what is your profit model like how do you get paid and i went back and forth on this a lot this was like intellectually it's very difficult to think about because for for all kinds of reasons it's very hard to to think about a, a good profit model for a system like this. And what I originally 
had was the idea that the 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 business the platform would add a fee on top of Stripe's fees. So Stripe's fees are uh 2.9% plus 30% of every tra- 30 cents of every transaction. So they'll take 30 cents and then 2.9% of the transaction amount as their fees. So what I was going to do was add a surge a, a, te- a technology fee on top of that and mm-hmm. that was how the platform would pay for itself. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. That there was some additional yep. added on fee. So that's I actually coded it that way and then I realized w- when I first started working on the system I was very 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 focused on the sponsor experience as you know. And I neglected the the athlete experience because it wasn't a priority. Well, now I'm coming back to the athlete experience. And one of the things that I realized was I I don't actually have skin in the game. Like I I personally don't have an incentive to make the athlete experience better because uh, if, if, if the platform, if the, if the financial model of the platform is adding an unearned, like a, Uh, depending on how you think of it, an an unearned surcharge on top of Stripe's charges, then that I didn't feel like that was an an incentive that would motivate me to do better work for for customers. So now I've completely thrown, thrown that away. And now I am using the same system that you guys are using, which is I am, I am also fundraising on the platform through my profile so contributions to my profile are how I fund the operations. So and, I, I can I can create an account and become a contributor to my buddy Yafim when he goes to compete because he helps me a lot with techniques after class. When uh, like, let's say Marcus from M Theory goes to compete because he does a good job teaching classes, and I just I want a rock star at our school going out and winning stuff so I can contribute to him and I can also contribute to Teddy if I wanted to as as a thanks for building the platform and helping to improve the community. Yeah. Yeah. That's the community of practice. And with, with, for me, I also have some content ideas that I would like to play around with. So it's kind of, it kind of makes sense for me to, to use my profile to, uh, in 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 software they call it dog dog fooding in the sense that hey you you built this software but you don't use it yourself you're not using your own dog food you're not eating your own dog food so when i use the app as an athlete i'm dog fooding it because if i if i can't get subscriptions from my profile then i i fucked up basically right. and then i i would know that there's something wrong with the product market fit so by putting myself into a position where I have skin in the game, it, it creates a much stronger incentive for me to improve yeah. the improve the app. If you can't use it, exactly. Yeah, that's right. What's your content going to be? Right. Series of dad jokes. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, I have no interest in teaching jujitsu, but um, I, I do like I use jujitsu to teach my kids things. It's a really useful way to teach my kids things. So 
I wanted to teach them about the simple machines, you know, in, in physics, the, I think there are six or seven simple, simple machines. Oh yeah. I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I'll, I'll give you an example in jujitsu. Everyone is always, everyone it, talks about how it's, it's all leverage. It's all leverage, bro. <laughs> but it's like, there's a lot of hand waving in jujitsu. You may have noticed there's a lot of hand waving in jujitsu and a lot of sort of mag magical incantations. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I, I'm as susceptible to that as anyone, but I, I do because I, I have this ulterior motive where I, I, I use jujitsu as sort of a teaching vehicle for elementary physics for my kids. So I'm planning a, a video series that would essentially repeat w the lessons that I created for my kids. So there is jujitsu, but it's not jujitsu. It's really more like sort of grade school physics. Mm. That's pretty yeah. cool. Cause they do jujitsu uh, with me. They, so. they went to the Academy with me, but uh, I actually really appreciate this after I'd sit there watching them and I realized my daughter has very, very, very poor movement quality and to the point where the developmentally speaking, like yeah, for where she's at is yeah, what you're saying. Very yeah. poor movement quality. Mm -hmm. So we took her out because I thought that she was going to get injured mm -hmm. um, and put her in uh, occupational therapy to sort of get her moving better. And when you, when you shifted her there, they sort of confirmed what you thought you were seeing, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. It's that's she's, interesting. She's she's gotten a little bit better. Sure. Um, she, uh, I can see I can see her going back. You know, maybe in a couple of years. But yeah. but right now, there there are certain motor patterns that she should be able to do at her age that she just cannot do, mm -hmm. and it's you know. I don't think that jujitsu is that physically demanding and it, you can adapt based on, based on like, you know, if you're not big or if you're, you know, whatever, you, you can make it your own. But if, if your movement quality is poor, then you're going to get hurt. Sure. Sure. What else do I need to know about this, Teddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, what I would what I would like to sort of uh, earnestly request is feedback, sure. especially for a business at this stage. You know, feedback is so critical that right. that uh, well, literally every iteration of the app has been driven by feed the feedback of real people. And my cadence is uh, because I, I have no friction. I'm able to, uh, I, I ship to production every day without fail. In fact, I shipped twice today. So if, if someone had a feature request, it wouldn't, that, that felt like a good fit. It wouldn't be months before I got to it. It might even be days, but without the feedback, I don't know what, you know, I'll, I'll just be, you know, working on stuff that might not actually be a real, a real, that might not actually have value for a real person. Sure. Yeah. So right now the app has, uh, 
I'm starting really small because I want to work out my own bugs, um, and particularly to the extent that it affects other people's money, and I cannot make mistakes with other people's money. So I I want to we're we're going through a couple of uh, we're going to be in beta for the rest of the year, um, which just that just means that. Um, I'm going to be continually getting feedback from from users before uh, an official launch. And the, the difference between an official launch would be that as an athlete, it would be it would be generally available. Yeah. <laughs> we always forget something on stuff like these like tournament announcements when we've done them and rules breakdowns for tournaments there's always something that gets left out but i think that about covers it okay yeah um say the website uh, say whatever <laughs> let's see what i would really like to do this is on my to-do list is mm -hmm. to get big patches as a like gee patches yeah gee patches the, the the name the name of the system uh, uh the reason that that i chose it was because i i had a particular patch design and my, sure that was my only motivation was i thought uh, it and like aesthetically the way that it fits on there yeah yeah, yeah no that's yeah. smart yeah it's like the logo on the back of this shirt there's a reason yeah. it's you know this yeah. stuff shapes that way uh, oh, I should I should mention that um, one of the I've been part of a lot of businesses, and a lot of the, a lot of them have been miserable, not because of the business itself, but because of the people that I, I had to work with. <laughs> but something that I really appreciate about this project is that you know the the people that I get to work. But I, I should I, I I just have to say. I don't think I would have dragged it across the finish line if it hadn't been for you because for me, yeah, there's this concept in, in tech of like building in public and the idea of building in public is oh, it, the, the counterpart to that is if you're not ashamed of your first release, you waited too long to ship and that because, because of my like pride, it's really hard to put myself out there and like ship because of course, what if there's bugs, what if, whatever, you know, you don't really want to look foolish, but the idea of building in public is like, you, you just have to put yourself out there and get feedback. And if you, if you, if you try to, if you try to have something be perfect before you put it out there, you're, you're just never going to get anything accomplished. So with you, you know, I talked about the concept. I don't know. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, when I had my uh, my bypass surgery, I started working on this this idea, and I proved the idea to myself. But I hadn't. I wasn't yet willing and to put enough work to to drag it across the finish line. At that point, I just thought of it as like, yeah, I could do this. And then we had a conversation, and I mentioned it in passing, and then never thought about it again but there was a facebook thread uh where where you you added me because it, it was a facebook thread specifically about fundraising and mm -hmm. you you made the connection I and do i was like that. oh yeah i could do that 
but at that point, you know, what I thought, and this is like so, so stupid, like all, all software people are, are susceptible to, to this hubris. At that point I was like, oh yeah, it'll be like, I'm, I'm so close. It's like one iteration and it'll be, it'll be perfect. And it turned out to be quite significantly more work than that. And right. plus like many, many su- successive iterations. But the point is like, I feel like y- you helped me by through mutual accountability. And uh, now that having an opportunity to, to help you with your project, it just feels really good. And I've get to gotten to work with, uh, Marcus, who, especially after my surgery, was just really, really, it was really important to be able to, to train with him, um, and Michelle, who's great. So, from my standpoint, it's like a win-win-win because I get to work with people that are fucking cool and who I see all the time anyway, and uh. To, to be perfectly honest, like for me, coding and jujitsu fill very similar needs, which is like you, you're so it's in my life. Those are the only two things that I do where I'm fully in the moment. Yeah. Well, so, and so far the process of developing the app has been perfectly analogous to the purpose of the app. Yeah. Just this yeah. shared mutual transactional appreciation thing going on. Oh yeah. That's the community of practice. It's so, it's so, uh, uh I've, I've often wondered why jujitsu, why the jujitsu culture is the way that it is. And I think a lot of people believe that there are no, like, jujitsu weeds out egos or that that it humbles you know it humbles i think there's some i think there's some some truth to that but you know there's jerks everywhere you know there's there's jerks at at every academy but the the thing that i do think is truly truly distinct that makes that makes jujitsu so that that tends to cause such strong cohesion in an academy is because it's like how doctors and soldiers have such high high cohesion and camaraderie because they have a shared like shared practice they know the same stuff they face the same challenges like we all know like this (laughs) to survive in this sport requires a lot of ego strength and even if someone like you, you might not have anything in common with them, or you, you may even think that they're a dick, but at least you have that in common, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, and actually to your point of, uh, you're using the phrase shipping, shipping a thing. That's what this haphazardly set up video is about. Yeah. It's finally getting off my rear end and putting together the video version of the podcast. Sweet. So there again, yeah. the whole thing cycles through. And that that's another like getting getting back to to academy culture. I don't know. Am I supposed to stop talking? Mm-mm. I should say I basically never, never keep going. I I don't. I'm pretty sure I've never had a conversation longer than fifteen minutes, <laughs> in, including with my wife. So this is 
but breaking ground. You might recall, like, uh, during there were two things that happened around the pandemic that I thought that really stuck out in my mind, which I I just have to like draw notice to. One was I don't know if you remember this, but when everything was locked down, and Ish created that presentation is essentially a mitigation plan mm-hmm. a, a, a way to uh, convince right. um, decision makers that there is a feasible way to keep academies open and the leadership that he showed at a time where everyone was shitting bricks it was like I don't yeah. know are we going to be able to do jujitsu I don't know what's going to happen and when Ishmael like actually showed calm leadership at that moment and everyone else was losing their shit you know that really was that's just one of those things that like stuck out of my mind Mm -hmm. and then the fact that uh through much of the pandemic being able to listen to your podcast increased my sense of connection with all of these people that like like when 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 kevin when kevin came on i hadn't seen him in like months yeah. You know, I used to see him like a couple times a week. I hadn't seen him in months and to be able to feel that connection with him through your podcast was right. really really important. Yeah, and that was kind of the idea. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it was a boredom project in yeah. a way. <laughs> it was an extension project of the Pohada photography thing, but it was also just like everybody's sitting at home alone. Well, yeah. let's at least, you know, pretend to converse. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really appreciated that. Um well, good. Yeah, and since then, I think it's been a really great, uh, a really great. I don't know. I, I guess community building it, it uh, as a way of building building community and cohesion within the academy narrowly, but within the jujitsu community more broadly particularly here in the Midwest. It's been, it, I, I really think that it's filled a need that um, uh, there, are, there are lots of jujitsu podcasts now, but they're not quite the same as what you're doing. So I think it's, I'm, I'm very glad to be able to support you. Good, I appreciate it. Give me some money. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I think that about covers it, Teddy. Cool. We'll cut it there. All right. Thanks, brother. Thank you.